Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God once again. Once again, we're going to jump right into the book of Acts, this time into chapter 16, please. Chapter 16 of the book of Acts, and we're actually going to go to the 16th verse also, praise God. So let's take a look at this, and this is, of course, a story of uh, Paul and Silas. And it says this, Now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination uh, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now, for whatever, whatever it means, or worth, I should say, uh, the spirit of divination is, uh, literally means uh, python inspired, all right? Now, the reason being is because this particular uh, gal came out of uh, what a region called Puthon, okay? And uh, really, it just, uh, the, about the information, all the information you get out of it is the fact that it's, uh, it's the seed of the, of the famous oracle Delphi, I believe it is how it's pronounced, okay? So whoever that individual was, uh, and this individual and this girl obviously came out from underneath her teaching. And so here it is. So we know it isn't a, it's not a uh, God-inspired thing. So uh, when we're seeing Python-inspired or snake-inspired, however you want to look at that, but uh, obviously it's not a good thing, all right? So this girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with that statement in itself, but uh, it's, it's really a wrong spirit, obviously. It's just uh, trying to be in an annoyance or a burden here, just trying to somehow distract uh, what Paul and Silas are doing. And this, verse 18, and this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, or in other words, getting upset about it, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that, that very hour. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, okay, so that's just a key thing here. So those that, that controlled her or the people that, that ran her, uh, this particular uh, fortune-telling business or whatever, however you want to say it, praise God. But obviously, because the spirit now is gone, this wrong spirit's gone, now obviously their, uh, their uh, ability to gain profit from it now is gone. So they're upset about it. So they seized Paul and Silas and then dragged them into the marketplace of the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These uh, being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. Well, no, they don't trouble your city. They're just troubling you, buddy. But anyways, and they, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being uh, Romans, to receive or observe. Then, they, uh, then the multitude rose up to, together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten uh, with rods. Okay, so obviously made a big scene here. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, in other words, beat them quite a bit here, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer there to keep them securely. In other words, so it was a, uh, to, the, to the individual running the prison, uh, they put a mandate. In fact, it says, having received such a charge or a mandate or a command, he put them into the inner prison, which means it ain't the good place, okay? It's down into the insides uh, where basically it's rat infested and everything else. You can imagine what's all down there, the stench and everything else. And it said, and he fastened their feet into the stocks, okay? So it's really, uh, when you kind of look that up, it just means they were attached to heavy, heavy timbers, okay? So the stocks or the chains 
on their legs and arms were attached to heavy timbers down below in that inner uh, part of the prison. And it said, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Okay, we're going to come back to this story a little bit later in the message here, but I just kind of wanted to address this. If you kind of look back in 25, verse 25, it says at midnight. In other words, what's kind of implying is at the darkest hour. Okay, so at midnight, uh, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. It says in the New King James, uh, the Old King James says, uh, singing praises unto God. In fact, if you look up the word praying, it just means to pray unto God or make prayer or to supplicate, to ask or appeal. It even uses the word to worship. Okay, but they're obviously praying, uh, you know, supplicating, whether it be concerning the situation they're in or praying for others. Not sure. All I know is that uh, they weren't letting the circumstance get to them because it says they were praying and singing. Okay, this word singing, when you look it up, it just means to sing praises. Uh, to, yeah, to sing praises unto or to celebrate in song. Now, it also uses uh, the definition. Uh, says to sing a religious ode, which is why they use the word hymn in the New King James. But it just means a, a known song. So some of the stuff they were singing uh, was songs that others knew. Okay, They knew these songs. So they were singing these songs out loud and obviously loud enough that all the prisoners heard it, praise God. So they weren't, they weren't just you know humming and they weren't just singing under their breath or anything. They, they were getting pretty open, pretty vocal about it, praise God. Uh, which tells me they're singing praises, which means they're not being moved by their circumstance, no matter how dark it was, no matter uh, how much, uh, how far into the inner prison they were, no matter how shackled down they were, no matter uh, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it sounded like, amen. They're out there, they're just uh, worshiping God, honoring God, amen. And really today my message is about the power of praise, amen, is what I'm going to talk about. And obviously... Because of their singing unto God, giving God thanks. Now, let's, let's keep in mind, the reason I read the whole story here is because they're thrown into prison, really, for, for doing a, a good thing. They weren't doing anything bad. You know, they weren't uh, in prison for, for really breaking any laws. All that happened was some men uh, got their livelihood, uh, you know, cut short because of, the, uh, you know, of their manipulation and everything that they were doing through this, uh, uh, we could say, uh, uh, ministry of divination, okay, we could say, maybe it's a, a weak way of saying it, but, uh, you know, their fortune-telling uh, individual got shut down. So now they're, they're going to be cut short of their own funds. So as a result of it, then they created this big issue, get these men thrown in prison. Okay, so basically they're in there for, uh, you know, for uh, wrong reasons. They're not even, they don't belong in there, but they're in there, okay? And here they are in the middle of, you know, the inner part of the prison, singing and worshiping God, and all of a sudden, uh, we see in verse 26 that suddenly there was a great earthquake, okay? So let's just kind of look at some of this. It says here, uh, if you look it up, it means a sudden great tempest or a sudden great commotion. Now, it's, it's probably necessary to understand it wasn't like the whole town shook. Okay, so if it was an earthquake itself, probably the whole town would be shaken. But really all it was, was the prison itself, okay, was what shook, okay. So there was a great 
uh, tempest or commotion, and obviously everything shook, okay? And so uh, we're seeing here that a physical manifestation began to happen, and I believe, and as what we're seeing here, because of the fact that these men were worshiping God, praising God, even in the midst of their uh, darkest hour, even in, when it didn't look good, they're sitting here worshiping God, amen, giving God praise anyhow, and not, not really caring if anybody else is hearing it. And uh, so they're here singing songs unto God, praising God, worshiping God, praying uh, and supplicating for, uh, you know, for individuals, and, and uh, who knows what all they were praying for, uh, whether they were even praying about that situation. We don't really know. We just know that the Word says they were praying or supplicating. And so they could have been praying for the prisoners in there. They could have been praying for the jailer. They could have been praying for the men that threw them in there. I mean, I mean there could have been all kinds of different things they were praying for. But obviously, uh, they, they, were, they kept their hopes up. They kept their expectation up. Uh, they stayed in faith, praise God. And as a result of it, amen, they're here they are singing and praising unto God. And obviously, it touched the heart of God. All of a sudden, everything begins to shake. Amen. And so we see a, a, a physical manifestation that says, so that the foundations of the prison uh, shook, okay, were shaken. The foundation, I thought that was interesting, you know, down the foundation of it shook, amen. It's just, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, it, 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 it affected that whole facility right there, amen. The whole foundation shook, amen. Now, we don't have any, like I said earlier, we don't have any record of anything in the community uh, being affected by it, but we know that that prison facility was affected by it. Literally, the foundation, amen, of that facility, amen, however it was built, whatever, I'm, I'm sure by stone or whatever, but the bottom line is it was shaken, amen, right down to the foundation, which to me, you know, you just kind of see that, uh, you, know, it, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, amen, if you will just begin to praise God and worship God, Amen. I believe that, that, that even the foundation of all that that's trying to keep you captive, amen, will be shaken, praise God, as a result of it. And then it goes on to say uh, that uh, the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. It says all, uh, and immediately all the doors. It says all the doors. I like that. All the doors were opened, all right, which means that all the limitations were taken back. You know, I was thinking about this in the area of praise and worship. I've just kind of taken this as a type and a shadow and just glean what we can out of it. And I'm seeing, you know, uh, not only were the foundations of the facility shaken, but it said literally all the doors swung open. It said all of them did. Okay, so, uh, you know, you're seeing that every limitation, every wall of containment, however you want to look at it, Everything was opened up. Everything was, was brought, pushed back. There was no more limitations, amen. And that's kind of how I see it. I see uh, that when you begin to worship God and praise God, no matter what the enemy is trying to do to contain you, trying to limit you, trying to somehow hold you in captivity, if you will begin to just press in and worship God, praise God, amen, with a whole heart, amen, amen, just begin to uh, honor God, you'd be amazed at how even the foundations of all that mess will be shaken, amen, all limitations pushed back, praise God, and all of a sudden what, what was meant to bring you harm and evil, praise God, all of a sudden is eliminated, praise God, where God can do something glorious, something supernatural on your behalf, praise God. 
And then it goes on to say that not only were all the doors opened immediately, but then it said that everyone's chains, see those shackles, that word chains uh, means bonds or shackles, okay? So everyone, everyone's chains were loosed. I love that. Not only were all the doors opened, not only did the foundation of the, of the facility be, uh, shaken, but literally everyone's shackles, bonds, amen, were, uh, were broken free, praise God. They were all released. I just think that there's just something to be said about that when, you, when you're hearing all the doors open, everyone's chains. I mean, when you begin to worship God, begin to praise God, begin to honor God, amen, hallelujah, where we're talking about just through your confession unto God or whether we're singing, whether we're just, we're just praising Him, praise God, hallelujah. I'm telling you what, man, all the doors swing wide open, the shackles and the chains, every limitation, hallelujah, is pushed back, every bit of bondage and captivity you're loosed from, praise God. There's something to be said about the power of praise. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise God. So I just looked at it this. I just kind of put this in my notes that the quickest way to get free from captivity is to begin to praise God. Amen. Even when things look its darkest, when things don't seem to look right, sound right, smell right, whatever it may be, just begin to praise God and you'd be amazed how all captivity Amen. Begins to just fall by the wayside. Praise God. Let's take a look at some more of this. Let's go. We're going to come back to this story in a bit, but let's go to 2 Chronicles. Praise God. So I'm going to go into the Old Covenant for just a little bit here. 2 Chronicles, please. Kind of a common text. I, you know, some time back, I don't know how, how far back it was, but I kind of took this whole text and kind of dissected it verse by verse. And we're not going to really do that today. But it's a story about Jehoshaphat when him and the people of God were surrounded by uh, a few other armies. It was uh, the uh, Moab, Ammon, and I think it was the Ammonites. Uh, they all came together to uh, basically uh, eliminate uh, Jehoshaphat and the people of God, all right, the children of Israel. So what's happening is now they're surrounded. Uh, Jehoshaphat knows there's no way in, in, in their natural uh, strength and ability, uh, there's no way that they can defeat these armies that have come against them. And so he begins to seek God, and of course, uh, in his plea toward God, his prayer unto God, amen, his supplicating unto God concerning the situation, uh, the word of the Lord came to the prophet and basically said that the battle is not yours, the battle is going to be mine, but you've got to position yourself and you're going to have to go face your enemy. Uh, but the battle is mine. And so uh, if you kind of get a little bit further down in the story, and I'm going to just kind of maybe uh, verse 21. Let's just do that uh, for sake of time. And so uh, what happened again is that Jehoshaphat now has got the word of the Lord. He's, the word says he believed what God had to say. He believed what the prophet had to say. And so now he's, he's talking to the people. He says, and when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord. Okay, so here we're going we're gonna, to, instead of, you know, if the battle's God's, and I don't need to send all the, uh, the, all the warriors up front. What I'm going to do is send my singers up front. Amen. We're just going to worship God. We're just going to praise God. Amen. If, we, if the battle's the Lord then, and we're called to still go out uh, before them, then let's just go out there and sing and praise God. Amen. 
So it says that they began to sing the Lord, or, or pardon me, uh, he appointed those who should sing the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, now this is what they sang, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So that's what they began to proclaim. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that word mercy just means hasid, which just means covenant kindness. In other words, so they're praising God because, because of the fact of his covenant kindness toward them, amen, regardless, regarding the enemies that are before them. Amen. So while they realize and recognize, now God didn't really ask them to go out there and sing. Okay, they, uh, you know, actually Jehoshaphat was the one that commanded, said, let's go out there. If God said the battle's his, then let's go praise him for it. Let's just go out there. If we believe him and we believe what the prophet had to say, then let's go praise God about it. Amen. So they began to just praise God about it. And the word says this in verse 22, that now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush, ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, uh, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated, praise God. And, of course, it goes on and said they just basically turned on themselves. Amen. So as they went out and kind of heading down the road toward them, they just began to praise God and worship God, honor God through their words. In fact, the word uh, to sing and to praise there in that verse. Let's see. Let's look that up. Uh, the word sing there is... Uh, uh, Rinnaz as the Hebrew word, I think that's how it's pronounced. It just means to shout and to sing joyously, all right? To sing joyously proclamations, declarations, statements, or professions, okay? So just basically, they're just singing these things out loud. Now, what they were singing, it said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that's the pro proclamation they were singing. That was the statements, the declaration, the uh, the profession that was coming out their mouth, and they began to sing it joyously, amen? So obviously, it wasn't they just kind of, you know, kind of hem-hawing down the road and singing something. They literally were into it, praise God. They were worshiping God. They were praising Him. And the word praise in that verse is uh, halal, okay, is the Hebrew word, which just means to celebrate, to boast, or to brag on God. To, it literally means to parade or to show in excess or overboard. So they were really getting into it, all right? So they were, uh, you know, they were just, they were, they believed what was said. They believed what God had told them. They believed what the prophet had to say about it, praise God. And they believed it so much that they got into it, just started worshiping and praising God, proclaiming things out their mouth. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And while they were doing that, once again, the enemy is getting Cut to shreds, praise God, <laughs> hallelujah. Literally says the ambushments came in and they began to just turn on each other. And by the time they got over the hill, by the time they crested the hill, praise God, their enemies were done. They, were, they, had, they had consumed each other. So they get over the hill and all their enemies are, are dead. So to me, I just think another, uh, another thing that you see, amen, just like Paul and Silas, you know, the power of praise. You just begin to praise God. It's amazing how you can shut the enemy up, praise God. In fact, let's go to Psalms, Psalms chapter 2, please, or chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, I think is what it, what it is. Let me look at that here. Psalms 8, yes, and we'll read verse 1 and verse 2. It just says this, it says, uh, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. 
Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence or steal the enemy. It literally means to paralyze, okay? That you may silence and paralyze the enemy and the avenger, all right? Or the quarreler is what it means. Now, if you back up here, it says, out of the mouth. So we're talking about something that's coming out of the mouth. And it even says here, through babes and nursing infants. Now, the, uh, uh, Jesus uh, qu- quoted this reference in Matthew 21. And I don't know if I wrote the reference down, but I think it's like around verse 16, okay? And, and what, what he quoted there, he quoted this reference, and he called this ordained strength, he called it perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. I like that, perfected praise. Here it says ordained strength. Now, when you look it up, okay, it means a loud and bold praise, so it's kind, of, it's kind of what Jesus was talking about, a perfected praise, a loud and bold praise. Everything that we're reading about, okay, whether we're talking about Paul and Silas, we're talking about Jehoshaphat and, and the worshipers there, we're talking about what he's talking about here, this bold, how do he word it again? This uh, loud and bold praise, loud and bold praise. Anytime you see that, praise God, that means it's coming, it's coming out loud. They're living God loud. They're not afraid to say it. Uh, you know, they're singing out loud. They're into it, praise God. They don't care who else is hearing it, praise the Lord. There's something about that, amen, that makes the enemy, uh, silences the enemy or makes the enemy paralyzed, steals the enemy, praise God. There's just something about the power of praise. Amen. That when you begin to, from a a true and sincere heart, amen, and praise God, amen, in the midst of things, no matter what you're up against or what you're going through. And and you may not have to anything you're going. You might just be having yourself a great day and worshiping God. But either way, amen, the enemy cannot stand it. Amen. So that ought to give you more reason to keep doing it, right? But I guarantee you that when you are facing things, when the enemy... Is trying to bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, power or his uh, his uh, resistance towards you, and trying to somehow shut you down. Amen. Trying to get you to back up. Trying to get you to quit. Trying to get you to just, uh, you know, maybe uh, give up and uh, whatever it may be. I'm telling you, if you will just begin to praise God, if you will begin from a sincere heart, begin to praise God. Amen. And you can come up with your own song. I mean, it don't even have to be something that you know, but uh, you know, sometimes it helps when you're singing stuff that you know but but sometimes you know you're just just proclaiming the fact that God is good and he's good all the time amen I'm going to praise you no matter what I'm going through hallelujah I'm going to honor you I'm going to glorify you I'm going to lift your name on high I'm going to magnify you I mean whatever it is you just begin to do that it is amazing how it silences the enemy it's amazing how it steals the enemy how it paralyzes your enemy, praise God. And then all kinds of things. It gives God a place to do some things. Just like in these texts we've been reading. Amen. Where literally the foundations of the prison were shaken. The doors all fly open. The shackles fall off. We're talking about a physical manifestation that, that happened as a result of men praising God. 
Amen. The enemies turning on themselves, all because, amen, really that it comes down to people praising God. Amen. This is what steals the, uh, the enemy. This is what paralyzes your enemy, praise God. So that ought to tell us, hallelujah, we ought to do a whole lot more praising than we're doing. Praise God. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. I always uh, think about this in uh, 1 Samuel. And I believe it's like chapter uh, 16, or uh, I believe that's what it is. And we see the story of, of Saul. Now, David's already been really anointed, uh, you know, as king, but uh, Saul's still in the position of king. And the word says that this distressing spirit would always come on him, okay, King Saul, that is. And so this, uh, you know, distressing spirit would come on and, and really the only way to get that to come down is David had to come in there and play for him. David had to come in and, and worship God, you know, and honor God and praise God. However it all went, you know, he played on his harp and the word says and he would, he would praise God and worship God. And as a result of that, distressing spirit would depart, would literally would subside and depart from him every time David would, uh, would do that. And again, just shows you, uh, you know, this distressing spirit, which, by the way, I, I looked that up one time. It just means an evil spirit, a wicked or wrong spirit. It means that which is disturbing, troubling, unsettling, vexing. These are just all synonyms of that word, uh, distressing spirit. Uh, so now, how, no matter how you look at it, it ain't good. But this, this evil spirit uh, would have to uh, subside and depart Every time the man of God would come in and begin to honor God through song. Amen. It's just something, uh, there's just something to be said about that. Uh, that's why it's so important to take time to honor God, to worship God, to sing unto the Lord. Amen. And sometimes singing the Lord, like I said, a new song. Amen. But either way, it's how you drive your enemy out. It's how you silence your enemy. It's how you, uh, how you paralyze your enemy, praise God. There's just something to be said about that, praise God. So with that said, let's go back now to, uh, let's see, back to the book of Acts, please. Back to the book of Acts, the same chapter, chapter 16 again. Hallelujah. Let's read the rest of this story. A lot of good stuff happened uh, uh, through all this. And... Uh, I'm going to pick it up now. Of course, the, the doors have been opened. The chains have been, uh, you know, loosed. And then it said, verse 27. So let's read kind of the rest of this story. It says, and the keeper of the prison. Okay. So the one that put him in there, the one who had the mandate from the leaders of the community to make sure these men stay locked up. You know, he, uh, all of a sudden, he wakes up from sleep. So obviously he's there, but he wakes up from sleep and, and realizes uh, the prison doors are all wide open. So we're, when we're talking about, when it said all the doors were open, it meant all the doors. I mean, we're talking about not just the doors to the inner part of the prison. It said all the doors. So we're talking about even the outer doors are all open. Okay, everything's open. Okay, so when he kind of, you know, wakes himself up, he's looking and, and he's seeing the doors wide open. You know, he probably goes and looks in and he's seeing every door is wide open. Okay, so he's assuming something, right? He's assuming everybody's gone, right? And it says, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing... He was supposing that the prisoners had fled. So he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. All right. This, I mean, we're talking about, see, he was under a mandate, the word said earlier. He was under a mandate or a command to put these men in prison and make sure they don't get out. Well, you know, first night, 
I mean, doors are wide open. It looks like they're all gone, you know. So he's, he's just thinking, you know, I failed. I've messed up. You know, I'm going to be in trouble, and, uh, you know, they're probably going to imprison me. So he said, I might as well just do myself in. That's what he's thinking here. But Paul, verse 28, called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here, praise God. And then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? I love this. Think about what began to happen. Now remember, let's take it back, okay? They're praising, they're worshiping God, okay? They're praying and, and worshiping and praising, you know, I mean, uh, uh, praying and praising uh, God. So uh, they're singing songs. All of a sudden, foundations of the facility shake, doors fly open, shackles fall off, um, you know, this man is about to kill himself thinking they all escaped when he, they didn't. And now they're, uh, you know, they're ministering unto him. And first thing he asks, what can I do to be saved? You know, now, you know, I don't know what, you know, you don't know what, uh, you know, what all is uh, going on in his head. Uh, I'm talking about the, the jailer here. Uh, you know, it could be still he's thinking that, you know, I'm, I could be in a lot of trouble here. But, but in all honesty, um, I think because of, what God had done, I think the presence of God probably filled that place. And when that man went in there, he recognized that this is the hand of an almighty God. This is not uh, the hand of any one man. Uh, no man could do this. And so he's recognizing, amen, that uh, whatever's going on here, whatever's happening here, I want in on this. And so he says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in verse 31. And you will be saved, you and your household. I love that. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them uh, the same hour of the night. And look at this, what the jailer did and washed their stripes. And remember, they were beaten. So they're they're bloodied up They're You know, they got some open wounds, bruises. I mean, we're They were beat up pretty good before they even got put into the prison. OK, so now this man who put him in there basically takes him to the home, his home. He ministers not only to the jailer, but to his whole family. The whole family gets saved, uh, you know, and he's now ministering to them, washing their wounds, taking care of them, trying to dress their wounds, all right? And it says here, uh, let's see, he took uh, verse 33 again. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. So not only did they get saved, they were baptized, amen, now, when he had brought them into, into his house, he, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. And I just thought, you know, we, we look at all the cool things that happened in the first part of this story with, you know, the, the, everything that happened in the prison. And sometimes, you know, we look at that, and, and we can really take it, and it is, it's a cool, it's just one of the cool stories, you know, especially in the book of Acts. It's one of, one of my favorites in the book of Acts. And uh, just showing the power of God just by when you just start praising Him, you know. But it didn't stop there. You know, it wasn't just that the foundations were shook, the doors flew open, the shackles fell off. I mean, all of that's wonderful. We could stop there and have, have a party just on that. But the Word says here that this man who was sent to uh, basically imprison them and hold them captive was now set free himself born again, come on now, his whole family gets saved, they all get water baptized, 
Amen. And now the word says they're praising him. You know, they're praising God. So I just thought, you know, take a look at some of these things. Okay, so when you look at the jailer being saved, so we see a life get changed. Okay, not only the men in the prison all got changed, but we're seeing the jailer gets changed, right? So we're seeing now a life touched, kingdom increasing. Not only that, but his whole family now, not just him, but it affected his whole family, which we know ultimately affects the community, affects the region, praise God, all because some men started praising God. I'm just, you know, we got to keep going back. Men are praising God even in the darkest hour, even at midnight when everything looks its bleakest, looks its darkest. These men praise God anyhow as a result of it now. Not only are they all set free, walk free from captivity, all the limitations of, of pushed back, praise God, but we got the lives of people being affected to where they're coming into the kingdom, praise God, touched, amen, forever saved, right? No longer hell-bound, they're now heaven-bound because some men had the, had the nerve to praise God anyhow, amen. And we're seeing, praise God, that not only did the family get saved, but we're seeing now the jailer and all of his family. It says there in verse 34, it said, he rejoiced, it said, uh, uh, as he set food in front of him, he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household, so him and his whole household are rejoicing. Now they're praising God. And you notice, I think that this is what I wanted to bring out about that, is that praise has a tendency to be contagious. Okay, so if you will just keep praising God, amen, not only is he going to change your situation, he's going to start shifting some things around you. You may have some physical manifestations like some of the ones we've been reading about. Amen, that all of a sudden, bang, the enemy is stripped down. The enemy's silenced or paralyzed. Amen. All of a sudden, the, the, the foundations, you know, shake. Praise God. The doors fly open. The shackles fall off. Praise God. Hallelujah. The enemy turns on themselves. Praise God. All these kind of cool things uh, begin to happen. But not only that, praise God, it begins to spread. And if you can get everybody around you to start praising God, I guarantee you, you're going to have nothing but a move of God. Amen. That's what it takes. Amen. So I just thought, you know, let's read a few, uh, few examples of what it means uh, about this being contagious. So if you go back to the Old Covenant, and this time let's go, to, uh, let's go to 2 Samuel. That's what we'll do. 2 Samuel and chapter 6. I thought... You know, when you start talking about praising and worshiping, you can't help but look at a, a story of David. Uh, this is when the Ark of the Covenant is coming into the city. And David is praising God and worshiping God. And I'm going to go to uh, verse, let's see, probably like verse 14. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just verse 14 on here. It says, then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Okay, so he's dancing before the Lord with all of his might. So obviously he, there's no lightweight thing here. He's getting after it, praise God. And it said, and David was wearing a linen ephod, so literally like he's dancing in his underwear, you know. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. It goes on. And so we're saying all the house, okay. So that means the whole community now is being affected by it. So you can imagine the king himself now is dancing down the street, praising God, and it becomes contagious, all right? So now we got everybody else is excited about it, praise God. They're all worshiping God and shouting unto God, okay? And it says, now the ark of the Lord 
uh, of the Lord came into the city of David, and Michal, which is uh, his wife, okay, Saul's daughter, okay, looked through the window and saw. So she wasn't out there praising. She's down at the, at the, at the palace, you know, looking through the window, watching the whole thing, uh, you know, play out here. And it says that she saw David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And, of course, we know that didn't work out good for her. Now, she wouldn't praise God. She'd rather grumble, gripe, and complain. And the Word says she became barren because of that, okay? So, I, I mean, we don't want that to happen. So uh, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that she, she, uh, they brought out that he was leaping and whirling, okay, before the Lord. So when we're talking about dancing with all of his might, that's, he's literally whirling and, and jumping up and down and whirling around and spinning and singing and praising. And, I mean, there was nothing about what he did that was, you know, this mild-mannered thing. I mean, in fact, later when he gets chewed out by his wife, he says, listen, you think that was undignified. You ain't seen nothing yet, man. I mean, so he, uh, you, you know, you think about this loud and bold praising, as I mentioned earlier, this loud and bold praising. In other words, something coming I mean, out, out of a sincere, you know, out of realness uh, of, of heart, you know, toward God, you're being loud and bold about it, praise God, that all of a sudden things begin to shift and happen. Amen. Praise God. And it becomes very contagious. And that's kind of my point with this one. If you go back to the New Covenant, <coughs> excuse me, back to the New Covenant and, and chap, let's go to Luke. That's what we'll do. Go to Luke. Let's go there. And Luke 18, and I just, again, just kind of, uh, looking at this thing about being contagious, or this praise thing can be contagious. In Luke, um, what did I say, 18? i got a couple of these stories here, but I think I'll just do the one with uh, talking about uh, Bartimaeus, who was a blind man who, uh, uh, you know, made a scene uh, for God, you know, for, to stop the Lord, for him to minister unto him. And, of course, he got Jesus' attention. Jesus asked, what do you want? And he says that I might have my sight back. And, uh, and, and, of course, the word says, uh, Jesus said, by your faith, you know, uh, you know you're, you're going to be made well. And, of course, he was, right? But then I want to pick up with verse 43, so kind of said all that just to get to the last verse of it. Verse 43 of chapter 18 of Luke, it says, immediately he received his sight. And look at this now, this is, what, this is Bartimaeus, and followed Jesus. But here it says, glorifying Glory, glorifying God. What does that mean? Well, it just means to esteem how magnify, but it refers to celebrating and parading it again. So he began to do this, and it said, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Okay, now you can say when they saw what? Whether that he received his sight? I, don't, I think it was beyond that. I think what they saw was him praising God. Now, obviously, he was praising because he got his sight back, Praise the Lord for that, but he's now praising and worshiping God because of what had happened, and everybody else saw it, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're giving praise unto God, and that is a little bit different word there, but again, it means to, uh, to acknowledge, confess, or express recognition, but it means literally to join in and repeat it. So what they did when they saw uh, Bartimaeus uh, dancing and praising God for what had happened. They just jumped in and got involved with it, praise God. So again, we're seeing uh, a sense of, uh, uh, you know, this being um, contagious, I think is the word I used earlier, contagious, amen, when you begin to praise God. Let's look at another reference here. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Hallelujah, 1 Thessalonians. 
And uh, I'm going to go chapter 5. Let's do that. 1 Thessalonians 5. All right. And I'm going to go to, uh, whoops, let's get the right verse here. Here it is. Let's go to verse, verse 16. And again, it says, rejoice always. Okay, now for whatever it's worth, you know, the verse prior that's talking about, uh, you know, uh, don't render evil for evil but pursue what is good, right? So the bottom line is even in, in kind of context, obviously there's something happening, you know, toward them. There's some pressure. Uh, there could be persecution, whatever, things going on. But it says here, rejoice always, okay? So I just thought, you know, I'm going to, you know, close out the message with the fact that I, you know, keep rejoicing. Rejoice always, amen? And it goes on to say, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's, you want to know about, you know, being in the, you know, how do you know you're in the will of God? Well, how about you just start praising God and giving him thanks? I mean, you just start doing that every day. I'll guarantee you, you, you get in the will of God pretty quick. Amen. Uh, you're doing things right, and all of a sudden you got God's attention, and all of a sudden you're going to get these physical manifestations like everybody else gets that, that does this. Amen. This loud and bold praise, amen, of thanks. You know, you think about, really, when, it, when you think about praise, a lot of times what goes hand in hand with praise is thanksgiving, amen, because that's, that's why they're praising. They're so thankful for what God has done or is doing or, or they're believing God's going to do, okay, like we saw with Jehoshaphat. And so the, the key is this, uh, you know, is to, uh, you know, to be thankful, to be grateful, have some gratitude, have some thanksgiving about your praise God and start praising God uh, for everything. And it says always, it says rejoice, amen, which literally means, when it says rejoice, always it means evermore or all the more. I think the Amplified says rejoice continually. Amen. That's a good way of saying it. Praise God. But it literally means to, be, to remain full of joy. Amen. So what to me is, is, is a cool thing. Praise God. So anyway, praise God. So we rejoice regardless of what's been arrayed against you. In fact, uh, put this, write this down. Uh, but uh, if uh, Luke 6 and verse 23, it talks about even when all this pressure's coming against you, it says this, it says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Again, when everything's arrayed against you, no matter what's going on, how do you get, how do you get your breakthrough? How do you get your freedom, praise God? Amen. And this particular verse in Luke 6 and 23 was a key verse for me. Uh, early on in ministry, because of a lot of opposition and things that were coming against me early on in ministry. And that verse, amen, the Spirit of God gave me a revelation of that verse right there about literally leaping for joy, worshiping God, praising God, amen, rejoicing, amen, and literally leaping. In other words, kind of like what David did, that jumping up and down, whirling about, giving God praise, getting into it, praise God, dancing with all your might unto God, this, this loud and bold praise, and it did. I'm telling you, everything was broke. And we're talking about what, what literally took several years of, of uh, this, this opposition and pressure that tried to keep me under. It, in a matter within with just a few days, I was free from it because of this very revelation, praise God. So I'm telling you, this works. 
Amen. And that thing that maybe held you captive is no longer holding you captive, praise God. Something about, praise God, the foundations being shook, the doors flying open, hallelujah, the shackles falling off, praise God, every limitation, the walls of containment coming down, all of a sudden the freedom and the liberty that you have in God, amen, all because you took the time to begin to praise, to worship, amen, to rejoice in God, hallelujah, to leap for joy, hallelujah, that bold Old and loud praise unto God. Hallelujah. Make that enemy shut up. It'll back him right out the door. Praise God. And cause you to uh, walk in the freedom that you're called to. Allowing God to do all kinds of glorious manifestations. Praise God. On behalf of a child of God who will just praise him. Praise God. And one last reference out of the book of Philippians. A common text in chapter Chapter 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Just in case you didn't hear me the first time, I'm repeating myself, rejoice always. Hallelujah, I love that. Hallelujah, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And if you kind of look down through that story, it talks about to be anxious for nothing. And, you know, and allowing the peace of God to come in on the scene. So we're talking about even in those moments when maybe mentally, because that word anxious talking about a, a mental pressure or mental torment, stressful uh, things, you know, basically involves the mind. Okay, that those are the times if you want to walk free from all that mess, don't just sit there and sulk. Don't just sit there and let the enemy continually put you in a headlock. What you got to do in those moments is begin to praise God, begin to worship God, and you can silence your enemy. You can steal your enemy or paralyze your enemy and back him right out the door just through some praise and some worship. And if you kind of read back down through there, it says, and all of a sudden the peace of God that surpasses all understanding now keeps and guards your heart and your mind. All of a sudden you're allowing the peace of God in the room, the peace of God into your situation, the peace of God into your mind even and into your heart. All of a sudden, praise God, what looked uh, horrible just a few minutes ago now isn't looking bad at all because of the God that you serve. Amen. And you took the time to praise, hallelujah, with a loud and bold praise unto God. And God began to show himself strong. Praise God. I hope you got something today, child of God. I call you blessed. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, I give you the praise and the glory for this people. I'm thankful, Lord God, they heard today the word of the Lord. I'm thankful, Lord God, they not only had an ear to hear but a heart to receive and Lord again opening the eyes of their understanding giving them clarity they could see things as you see things praise God and we give you the praise and the glory for it in the name of Jesus praise God amen child of God I call you blessed thanks for listening if you'd like to watch the video of this message head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.